0: The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms. And as such, it may not be appropriate for young children, those who have declined a West Point scholarship, or your grandmother. Although I don't know your grandmother, she may be way more into this stuff than even you know. Listener discretion is advised. A podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. To start off this week, in our first podcast, we made a couple of mistakes. (laughs) Oops. Well, corrections. One, last time I said that Sticks and Strings was located on Washington, south of Grand Traverse. Yes. There is no Grand (laughs) Traverse in Lansing. They are on Washington, though, but they are south of Grand River by about a block, block and a half, I think. Yep. And two, the correct title of our theme music is Hot Shot, Not Hot Line. Ah. I mistranscribed that, and when I looked at the audio file, I'm like, hmm, we apologize for these errors. Those responsible have been flogged. Would that be a penalty? <laughs> well, you know. We might have more mistakes in the future because <laughs> of it. <that. Ooh. laughs> Yeah, one of my new favorite quotes is, don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) This first section of our show is brought to you by the Esquire Bar in Old Town, Lansing on Turner Street, one block north of Grand River. They have a new pinball machine there this month from Stern Pinball 2002 Playboy. Why they have Playboy in a gay bar has been the subject of discussion among many of the patrons. So.
1: They might be going for the lesbian diaspora ever since the lesbian bars have closed. You know,
0: they've been looking for a place too, and maybe that's it. <laughs> Perhaps. We'll see. And this particular Playboy pinball machine, there are several different Playboy pinball machines from over the years, but the 2002 Stern pinball machine had a nice mode and a naughty mode. <laughs> The Naughty Mode designed to be installed in bars where you're 21 and older, and they actually have the girls on their topless. That is not the case on this version of it. So there is the nice version of Playboy 2002 by Stern in the Esquire bar. Swing by, tell them you heard about the Esquire on A Hairy Prone Companion, and get that free, confused look from the bartender we all know you've been wanting. So one of the things I was wanting to do with this show is Monday morning quarterbacking? Well, sorry. recapping of wonderful play sessions that I've had, or that you've had whenever you have them. Yep. Someday. S- someday.
1: <laughs> one one of these. Years. I, I've, I've attended one play party in the Lansing area, and it was fascinating. And I did lots of watching. <laughs> and being shocked at people I've seen only at munches and other sides to them, it's like, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Put a flogger in her hand. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm in fear of my life. <laughs> I
0: mean, she looked just like the sweetest Oh, she is. I mean, the person I'm thinking of
1: is a very sweet person and a very nice, but in a scene,
0: yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, if, if you ask nicely, she will give you a good, solid mm-hmm. flogging. But But that was my, so, but, you know, it's
1: something I'm, curious about, and yes, I'm sure that that, well, I was going to say that cherry's been popped, but it'll be further mangled and flogged and
0: everything you do to a cherry. Okay, well, and perhaps this week I want to talk about the most recent Detroit Bondage Club party that I was at. I am a full member of the Detroit Bondage Club, even living here in Lansing, so one of the advantages of being a full member is that I can bring a guest to a party. They don't have to go through the usual vetting process of meeting at their monthly bar night at the hayloft, making sure that you're the right kind of person that would enjoy the DBC party. So if you like, I could bring you and you could. They are happy to have voyeurs Mm -hmm. there. You don't have to participate. You can just sit and watch. Voyeurism is its own kink. It's wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) You can... uh... It's king for us lazy people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and is it truly voyeurism if the other participants are exhibitionists anyway? I think so. I mean, you know,
1: a sadist hitting, a masochist being hit, does that nullify it? No, I think it makes, you know, doubles the pleasure, doubles the fun.
0: (laughs) Most recent party was relatively good attendance a few of the regulars were not there because it was the same weekend as mr. International Rubber oh. in Chicago so they were out in Chicago having a latex up good time we still had a pleasant turnout I was involved basically in two big scenes first one was at the DBC they have bondage tables which are they're modified massage tables. Mm-hmm and they have hooks, they're not sharp hooks, but to catch rope. Mm -hmm. And it's laid out, so leg, chest, arms, so that you can be tied down pretty easily to this table. And so I mentioned to one of the guys there whose name I forget, I am terrible with names, Mm -hmm. but I'm better with faces, and he likes tying people up and doing things to them. And so I casually mentioned to him that I'd like to take a ride on the bondage table because I hadn't done so. And, yeah, it was nice, very immobilizing, kind of a lot like a sleep sack. Mm -hmm. Except with sleep sack, it is just continuous pressure all the way down. This was more discrete points, but the same level of immobilization. Mm -hmm. You were on that table until he decided to let you go and could do all sorts of (laughs) fun things to him. Do fun things to me. So while I was on that table, he got out... This glove that takes a 9-volt battery and has five small vibrator motors in each Mm -hmm. finger. They're not very powerful, but you can be incredibly precise with them.
1: I'm trying to think, yeah, I've heard of those. It starts with a K. It's like the brand name. I think it's Japanese. I know they make
0: like individual finger ones, but then there's the glove that's all of them. Yes. Yes, and so he proceeded to touch various parts of my anatomy on there and I just had to lay there and take it and enjoy it gave my nipples a, a good working over because it's common knowledge at the club that I like having my nipples worked over kind of roughly they are hardwired to my dick and I'm happy about that <laughs> yay on that table and he didn't blindfold me I kind of wish he had but I was okay and while I was tied up there a new came down to the basement and was talking with the host of these parties and I'm like wait a minute I kind of recognize that voice and I kind of recognize that face I don't have my glasses on so I'm not a hundred percent sure but it turned out I did know him he is on the recons and the x-tubes as big boots and he is we had been talking online for about a month now and he kept saying, "Maybe I'll be able to make it to the DBC." Well, he made it to the DBC. Good-looking, older, daddyish gentleman. One question: As you're getting yeah. into this, how's the Detroit club
1: about? Have you asked them is okay to give a play-by-play of the scenes? I don't know because I, I know that right. other, like the play I went to, it was pretty much whatever happened there stayed there. You could kind of describe a scene, but. You weren't supposed to mention who had been was there or not by right. even even alias names. It's just kinda like we're gonna you know, what happens at Vegas stays at Vegas. Right.
0: I'm not going to be describing any of the scenes that I witnessed, only okay. the ones that I participated okay. in. And Big Boots has an Xtube account and under that name is very open about what he does. Okay. So I don't believe that he will have an issue. With the descriptions, of.
1: what I'm talking about here mm, is is nothing that by that persona he would be embarrassed to.
0: He has things on his X tube that are remarkably similar <laughs> to what we did with each other, and it also leads into a few corners I want to give our general audience. So I got out of the bondage. I said, "Hey, I recognize you. I've actually gained a reputation at the DBC as the handy man." If you want a hand in you, it's probably gonna end up being mine. Big Boots is into fisting or likes having fists into him. He is an avid pumper as well, so he's got this
1: nice. That's where you big, put like vacuum. Yes, and then extract yeah, air. Va- so it yeah, okay. Puts a
0: vacuum cylinder on his cock and balls, on his nipples, and on his asshole, and he. Pulls. He says he likes to pull about five pounds of pressure and then leave it on for an extended period of time. He said that he learned that the hard way, that early on in his pumping adventures, he pulled, I think he said, 25 pounds of pressure and ended up with some rather nasty blisters on his dick. Yeah. Painful trial and error. Yes. So five pounds gets him the... The side effect is he needs to be in the tubes longer. Oh, well, <laughs> he likes being in those tubes. With him, I fisted the guy. That's the third month in a row that I've had my hands up in somebody. Yay, having a reputation. I have my own supply of small divisions of Crisco. Mm-hmm. I tend to prefer Crisco as my fisting loop of choice. I will often add a bit of baby oil gel to the Crisco to make it just a little thinner. I find that that gives a good consistency. It sticks well, it, it is reasonably slick, and it stays slick. He had a Powerade bottle full of J-Lube. And I've worked with J-Lube before, and it's okay. I prefer the grease-based. Mm-hmm. And when I use gloves, I use nitrile gloves, so I'm not worried about the gloves breaking down. He wants to use j It's his butt. I'm like, I will use what you're most comfortable with. But he also said that it, this was his first time using j And so I want to repeat some of the pointers that I gave to him to our listeners about j You can get j on Amazon.com. I looked it up recently, and the suggested additional purchases with the j are 500 feet of rope and a gallon of Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> When you mix up the J-Lube, you do want to be careful and, and follow the directions rather closely. When he mixed it up, he used too much water in it. So, it. Is this the stuff that's the powder? Yes, it, oh. it, it, it's a powder to start. You add water, and it turns into a lubricant. It's really hmm. slick. He added too much water to it, so it ended up being too thin. Okay, It ended up... It had very little body to it, mostly just water. And also, I think the power container was like a 20-ounce. Mm-hmm. More than you need, I find, unless I'm going all the way in up to my shoulder, I find that about four ounces of J-Lube is sufficient. And I don't like mixing up more than four ounces of it at a time because if I remember my chemistry correctly, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure one of our commenters will tell us, That J-lube is a polysaccharide. Mm -hmm. So it is sugar. Because it's sugar, there's lots of bacteria that like to eat it once it's mixed up. Mm -hmm. You know, in powder form, like it's dry.
1: You you often need
0: water for biological things to really want something. Right. So J-lube will go off and you will smell it Ah. if your J-lube has gone off. And it can go off pretty quickly. It's not considered stable once it's been mixed up, which is why it's oh. not shipped mixed up. That's why it's shipped in the powder form. Now uh, I'm
1: wondering, because I have a friend who had a story that was hilarious and also a cautionary tale about, I don't know if it was J-Lube, but it was definitely other powdered lubricants that, if J-Lube dries out, if you get wet again, is it slippery again? Yes. Okay, then this might have been it. He was using it in the bathtub. He had certain toys that needed Lubrication to be used. He used it. Didn't clean up the tub sufficiently. The next day, when his wife—no, well, wife now, at the time, girlfriend—went to take a shower. Yeah, it was. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, oh no. They laugh about it now, but at the time, I don't think and, she was and very she, happy. And
0: she still married him after yeah. that.
1: You know, this was a known thing. He was not like, oh, cheating on his girlfriend with toys. It was very aware, and he just—he had certain toys that she could not simulate in certain places. So, <laughs> J-loop in a bathtub,
0: okay. kind of dangerous.
1: And yeah. make sure you well rinsed, and okay, that's yeah. If you're sharing a bathtub, yes. Yeah. Don't. If you slip on your because of your own negligence, that's
0: your problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dawn is good. Mm-hmm. Kosher salt is actually the best oh. to, to get J-Lube off because oh. it, it will break the chains of the J-Lube. Okay. so it actually breaks it down. Oh. Yes, yes. One of the things I like to do when I am playing with J-Lube mm-hmm. is I like to have within arm's reach a spray bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Because especially when I'm going deeper, what your large intestine does is it pulls water out of whatever is in it, mm-hmm. including the J-Lube. So the J-Lube will, especially in extended play sessions, go from slick to sticky. Mm -hmm. But all you need to do is just rehydrate it, and I find that having a spray bottle and just spray, 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 will get it back to a nice, slick consistency. Mm -hmm. Got him up in the sling, got the J-Lube in him, he uh, pumped up his nipples and his dick, and I went to town on his ass. I do also want to mention the basics of fisting. I've seen this on a lot of the X-tubes, and you may have seen it as well, kind of going to a goosehead position mm-hmm. with the hand where you've got the fingers and the thumb all together. All the tips together. Mm-hmm. All the tips together. I don't like using this mm. because, yes, it makes it much smaller at the tip, mm-hmm. but it makes your knuckles, the widest part of your hand, even wider. Mm-hmm. So I really don't like using that. I prefer to have my thumb basically at my pinky, at the last joint of my pinky, and then just pull together the rest of it, and you'll find it makes, Mm. the hardest part makes your knuckles much easier to get in. Mm. So when, when I go in, I'll start with one finger, one and two fingers to do recon, basically. Find out. Where the prostate is, is it sensitive? Do they like having their prostate played with? Not everybody does. And to find out which way they're bending that day. Because it's not a straight shot in. You curve rather quickly. The rectum is actually very small and then curves into the sigmoid colon. So I need to know which way that's curving so I know how to approach it. So I'm not just ending up and bruise the, the walls. Bad, bad idea. So two fingers. Then I take... What I call the handshake position four fingers in and then the thumb resting on the base of the ball sack and we stay there for a while and work and wiggle and feel around then put the thumb on the joint and slide in and then depending on how experienced they are how much room I have to work with what they've eaten that day at that point I will usually curve my fingers in and have a fist form inside Because most people usually don't have enough depth to take Mm -hmm. this long. So you kind of have to start curving your fingers. And you go in. And then when I'm in at the wrist, I stop. Mm -hmm. Stop, wait, let the bottom adjust. Stay there for a while. Then personally, I like to try and feel around and try and get in past that. The second Mm -hmm. sphincter. I've gotten really good responses from people doing that. They really enjoy it. The other thing I do, and the thing that made him laugh his head off, apparently he has a ticklish prostate, is once I was in and we were worked up and had him loosened up, I then made a fist and put my thumb on top of my pointer finger and had a definite bump with my thumb knuckle, and then did a bit of in and out so that that knuckle then was rubbing right against the prostate. Mm -hmm. That made him... Twitch, moan, laugh. He didn't shoot, but he he was like, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's like okay, yeah. It's like stimulated to the extreme. I'm good. So yeah, gave him a a wonderful anal orgasm, and then was the cool down where slowly let him out the sling, and held him as he slowly came back to earth and. Yeah, that was fun, and he's gonna be back, I'm gonna be back, I'm looking forward to doing it again. I like giving guys that intense, that pleasure, and when I'm in top mode, that is my mindset. I am here to give you as the receptive party an intense experience that you will enjoy, even if the intensity and the enjoyment Part of that is intense pain, because you know some people want that, some people need that, and I'm perfectly happy to provide that to two people, and yes, just seeing that goofy grin, and, and that exhausted, satisfied, and I might not get off myself, but you know what? I don't care. I've provided a valuable service to the bottom. That's how I see it. I am a service top. <laughs> I like doing Horrible things to wonderful people. I think that's a lot of it. For
1: me, it's like in you know a situation with someone else. I'm trying to you know figure out what they want to. It's like, don't worry, I can take care of my own needs pretty handily. that's what are you wanting? And it can get a little frustrating because sometimes they're like, also like, no, what what do you want?
0: It's like, no, what do you want? And it's like, ah, it's
1: like just tell me.
0: <laughs> well, you know, if you ask me what I want, I will provide suggestions mm-hmm. on what. What I am good at doing to people. Hmm. Yeah, if I'm gonna be at the bottom I will say, here's what I would like done to me in general terms and let you work out the yes. specifics. And you'll from the
1: reactions you'll find out what is really working. You check the reactions and you find out okay. Kind of like an instrument. It's like, okay, how are we gonna get these sounds out of you this way? But you know, it's like, yeah, well what do you want? Oh, I don't care anything. It's like that I need a direction. You I need a, a hint. Just make up something. Even if you truly don't care, just make up
0: something. (laughs) One of the tops I knew back in Detroit, and we connected with recently, had a real aversion to people flagging orange, Mm -hmm. or people saying, you know, I don't care, or or anything goes. Oranges, anything goes, Yeah, people saying anything goes. He's like, okay. And he would bring out the illustrator that he had. Like, okay, you're into Anything. Let's see. Now, what's that? An elastrator is, is a veterinary device used for castrating cattle. Ah. You stretch out a really small, very strong rubber band on the de- elastrator device, ah. slip the testicles through, remove the band from the device, and in about four hours, you got a pair of dead balls. Mm. Some guys who are really into CBT like to have the band on for 15 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you're doing damage. Some mm-hmm. people want that ultimate trip and I say more power to you you may be lonely but more power to you well, I met a, a man
1: once who'd been castrated for you know to show his subservience to his sir I thought it was a joke because I am hang out with him and he's like oh my balls are back in a jar in his home state I just thought it was a euphemism for oh no you know the old ball and chain no my balls are with my sir no Quite literally aware. Literally. And it's like, oh, okay. Got it. And also he said and then he goes, the ironic thing is now that the balls have been removed, he's topping way more than he ever did. <laughs> it's like, okay, because I mean, you know, you still have desires in that castration, it's you have to castrate before I think puberty to truly well, stop I... love development. And I think once you're developed. The pathways are there and yeah, all Yeah, the pa- The functionality
0: from, is still... Yeah, I have actually spoken with several eunuchs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pathways are still there. The desire is still there, but the drive mm. is not nearly as strong unless they are taking androgel mm-hmm. um, or other testosterone replacement. And there are actually... There are more eunuchs out there than you and I are aware of because it is standard treatment to do it either surgically or chemically for prostate cancer Mm -hmm. and i was reading a study that on autopsy they did a a review of autopsy of men 80 years of age or older Mm -hmm. and found that all of them had at least stage one prostate cancer even if that wasn't what killed them oh yeah if you make it to 80 according to that study and i'll see if i can find it and link you know, citation needed. See if I can link that study, but that yeah, prostate cancer is incredibly common and therefore It's there, it's still cancer, but it can be it often is a very slow growing cancer that something else is going
1: to kill you first. Right I mean not always it can also be very dangerous, but yes. Right. But saying that that
0: means that there are a lot of involuntary eunuchs out there among older men. Because that is the first lie, be it either chemically or surgically. Because most prostate cancers grow much faster in the presence of testosterone. Uh, and on that happy note... Yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry audience. <laughs> a message from America's plum farmers. What a segue. Have you been feeling down lately? Low energy? Not enough zhuzh in your life? Start your day the natural way. By replacing the milk on your raisin brand with healthful, delicious prune juice. It'll give you get up and go. And go. And go. <laughs> yes, we are still 12 in our own minds. You are speaking for yourself.
1: As I pointed out, I have never been 12. Even when I was 12 years of age, I was still an old man just trapped in a child's body, wanting a cardigan and a cane, wanting to yell at the other children for being children. (laughs) Get off my lawn. (laughs) Which I actually have done in my adult life now, as I look out the bathroom window and a neighborhood child had come up my driveway and was in my backyard, which is fenced off. And I'm like, he's on Hot Wheels behind all these parked cars. I'm like, this is a bad place for a child to be. So I open the bathroom, and it's like, you're not supposed to be there. I'm like, I'm yelling at a child to get out of my yard. Yes, I have come full circle.
0: <laughs> I am now old. Well, I did want to talk about, because we met at the inaugural bar night of Lansing Pups and Handlers. And another thing I want to do with this show going forward, one of the focuses I want to have, is on... Pup. Mm-hmm. I came into Pup much more strongly within the past year, but I've been aware of it since, I want to say, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. The choice of having the internet. Now, you said you're not nearly...
1: I'm aware of it, and I've witnessed it. Uh, IML, I've been to it a couple times, and I've seen puppy mosh pit plays they put on. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like a theatrical play. No mosh pit the puppies are playing in the pit that's it it's not a play <laughs> um yeah, and also it, i've it seen it could be yeah <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people who are into it themselves i know people who are you know are into so i've heard about it kind of through them and also you know some nights at esquire on their traditional leather night which is you know supposed to be the first friday of the month i've seen people come in pup gear and it's first of all i think the masks are really cool because <laughs> it's leather and also it's you know it's kind of cool and animalistic especially the Anubis ones it's like oh jackals those are really cool it's the accessory I need for my Stargate cosplay (laughs) but other than that so like I've witnessed it I know people who are into it um I was at the inaugural because I knew people you know I'm friends with some of the people who were organizing and I'm like I'm curious and I want to support them and show up I did I'm very glad I did met some really cool people and so it's like just kind of curious about it I mean, my own view of it is I'm seeing it as sort of a subset of just another version of the hierarchy thing: master, slave, sir, boy, dom, sub. It's that, and I think you know why it goes to pups is dogs. Naturally, you do have a hierarchy. You throw a bunch of dogs together, they will sort themselves out into who's alpha, all the way down, and that's kind of that. It's you again. You establish a hierarchy, and then there's duties and expectations. It sounds like it can be very comfortable because you know what's expected of you when you know your place. And also the accessories, and that's part of the leather community. I think the leather community loves their accessories. We love our gear. And so this is like more gear you can have. It's like, oh, the paws and the knee pads and the hood. And then so many things can be just commandeered from, like, cages and collars. I mean, I can go to the pet store
0: and probably, you know, find some lovely things. If you have a creative imagination... Any store can be a sex toy store. (laughs) Yes. I have done pup play, and I know a few people who are really, really into it. One person in particular who sees himself as putting on a human suit every day to go to work, but considers himself dog. His truer inner self, he feels, is more a dog and...
1: What he shows to the world is more of a mask.
0: Yes. I don't see it that way. It is another one of my multitude of persona. I have a persona that I have at work. I have a persona that I have at church. I have a persona when I'm in top mode. I have a persona when I'm in boy mode and when I'm in pup mode. Each one of those is a different facet of my core Mm -hmm. and focusing on different things. It's not like Peter Sellers once famously said, there is no real me. I had it surgically removed years ago. You're not just a collection of masks. These are actual facets of who you truly are. Right. And it's just a question of what do I focus on? What do I bring to the surface? Mm -hmm. I have a neoprene pup mask that I like. I got it at IML 2015. I am glad that one of our mutual acquaintances dragged me. Well, I don't want to say he invited me. He gave me the excuse that I needed to go to IML. And I'm like, I've been wanting to go. I never thought I would have the money. I had just enough money to be able to make it work. And I got a hood and plug tail. Did I get anything else at IML there? Lots of flyers, lots of condoms, lots of lube got my boots blackened for the first time that was nice one of the points i wanted to make that i I seem to be rambling here about the comfort Mm -hmm. of it when i am in pup mode it's kind of meditative kind of zen i am purely reactive i'm not worrying about all of my human concerns right I'm not trying to figure out, all right, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? How am I going to pay You're not worried about bills? the past
1: or anxious about the future.
0: You are in the present. I, I am in the present. I am reacting to my handler and other pups. And for me, at least, my pup, I prefer it in smaller one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I've been to mosh in Detroit, and I just left there feeling drained. Maybe I wasn't hydrated enough. But I've got a libido the size of Cleveland. A lot of the things I do are very sexual, including pup. That's not the case for everyone. No, I know
1: someone who's very involved, and for him, it's just being in that space, and he does not want any sexual things to come of that, or, yeah, he just wants to be a pup, and it's not a sexual thing for him.
0: Right. For me, it is a form of sexual play. Mm -hmm. And having to tone down that aspect of the personality of my pup self is difficult and tiring perhaps i need more practice at it i do also want to say i'm kind of bouncing around back and forth here gear pup gives you the opportunity to buy a lot of Mm. gear got the hood you've got collars and tags and show tails and plug tails sheaths Mm. um all sorts now, what's the difference between a showtail and tail? a plugtail? I imagine the plugtail is the actual butt plug yes, a little tail. The plugtail is a butt plug. Mm-hmm. A showtail is designed to be hooked to your belt. Oh, okay. It's got belt loops in yep. it. So you can wear it to the bar mm-hmm. or out in public where <laughs> you don't have your ass exposed. Mm-hmm. And I just have the plugtail. I want to get a showtail, mm-hmm. especially for moshes and for places where there are people there who don't know Pup too well. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will pull on the puppy's tail. Mm. And if it's a plug, (laughs) and it's a good size plug, that could be a bad thing. So having it on belt loops makes things a lot easier. But I did want to say, you can pup with practically no gear. The only gear I would say that you absolutely have to have to be able to do pup play is the knee pads. Okay. Because part of being pup is being down on all fours. And the human body is not meant to support its weight on its knees. So having those pads help a lot. Even if the mosh that you're at, they've got floor mats, Mm -hmm. I still... I can't think of any floor
1: covering that would not lead itself to scraping up your knees i mean because you get active down there you are just acting you know you are a pup and so you're just bouncing around moving around and all that so it's not just like being on your knees stationary you're moving around so yes i can't picture any surface even linoleum or something smooth like tile it's going to be i mean not the impact but just the scraping and the burn you know carpeting uh rubberized pads it's like you're going to it's going to be scraping. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Rubberized pads are the best to be on mm-hmm. for Mosh. But, so, I do recommend e-pads. And I also recommend, I have a pair of UFC boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. Some people like to have more full boxing gloves so they don't have their fingers mm-hmm. and are in that paw mode. I like having fingers. The nice thing about the UFC is that it's got nice padding at the knuckles. Mm-hmm. So, you can put your weight on your front two knuckles and there will be that padding there. So just like the knee pads, I recommend padded gloves and I got those at a local sporting goods store. There's one other, oh yes, my pup self has his own name and it is Pup Lucky Strike. Came to me in the shower, made me
1: giggle. So that's one thing about the protocol. Do I mean, I imagine it's different for different people, but do people tend to give make their own name, or is it assigned to them at some point?
0: There is a lot of debate in the pup community as to which one is more appropriate. Mm -hmm. I said that because I did not have a handler, Mm -hmm. I did not have a sir when I discovered pup, that I named myself Lucky Strike, so round, so firm, so Mm -hmm. fully packed, so Mm -hmm. free and easy on the draw. Now, others who are in an existing dominant-sub relationship may have the dominant assign the name to the pup. Mm-hmm. I find names to be very important and very personal in my handler role. And because I'm just doing casual play, you know, I don't have a long-term relationship with any pups mm-hmm. at this point. I would not feel right naming them. And perhaps, you know, that they will be without a pup name. That they would just be pup. Yeah. Is there a feral pup community out there? Just like, you know, the loners? Who, the strays. <laughs> yeah, the str- strays. I mean, that's part of what I'm hoping Lansing Pups and Handlers can become. Is a way for stray pups to meet other stray pups. For hookups, yeah, occasionally. But also just to have somebody that you can talk to and about the And the community. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: I... Associate with you know lots of gay men, and the whole pub thing just for many of them is just like oh that's weird. Every group has their subgroup that they pick on, and gay men is like oh please like what is weird about this? Oh they act like dogs and and you suck cock. Yeah, yeah so you know a failure of imagination on their parts. Like how can you not at least see... I understand if it's not your thing, fair enough, but you can't understand how someone else could enjoy it. It's like, then I get judged because I'm like, yeah, you guys don't have much of imagination. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Where I'm of a philosophy that I was holding this philosophy for a while, but heard it spelled out recently on another podcast of embrace the weird shit that gets your dick hard. (laughs) Yeah. That is it weird. Yes,
1: of course it's weird. Everything is weird. Think about weddings. Good old American pie. It's like, what? It's like you dress up and a thing you're never going to wear again. You go through these rituals. and It's like anything you do in normal life is weird <laughs> from a different perspective. So don't judge. Don't be as judgy. You might like it.
0: We will take another quick break and then on to our... Other mode of knitting, crafting, and all that fun stuff. The weird part of the podcast, where we're talking about yarn. Yeah, the the weird, perverted, indecent yarn art part of the podcast. Brought to you by Tom's All-Night Diner. Three out of five insomniacs prefer Tom's All-Night Diner for food at four in the morning. Breakfast anytime, night or... dusk. Tom's All Night Diner. Eat in the dark. You'll feel better about your life choices. So last week, Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I was working on a crocheted shopping bag. And in the past week, I have finished it. And And you're holding it
1: now, and it's adorable.
0: It's a (laughs) lovely clutch. I looked on the website of the original photo and counted rows, Mm -hmm. counted stitches compared to the photo, and it's a match. But they used 100% cotton. This is cotton acrylic and does not have nearly the stretch that it needs to have. It kind of looks like it stretches somewhat, but it doesn't look like it'll ever stretch out.
1: And Maybe that's the thing. Maybe yeah. in pure cotton, it would eventually stretch out and become a much larger entity that could actually hold something more than... It could hold a couple
0: of grapefruit quite easily. It, yeah, I mean, I could see using this at the drugstore. For smaller things, Mm -hmm. pick up your sleeping pills and a bottle of gin and would fit nicely in here. Photographs of the bag with a banana for scale will be available on the Twitter. (laughs) So that project is done. I was inspired by your discussing (laughs) uh, the Tom Baker scarf, and I looked up what it would take to make the season 18 burgundy wine and rust colored one. They recommend a specific type of cotton chenille. I looked up the prices on that and $188 plus shipping for the whole thing.
1: And then you still have to make it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then you have to make the darn thing. You did inspire me. I am going to do it, but I'm going to do it using uh the el cheapo everybody's favorite red heart super saver 100 percent acrylic no dye lot the colors that i'm using are going to be carrot dark orchid for the purple and then cabernet is the name of their wine color those are the colors i'm gonna use for that it sounds like also you're not going to do a full length you're just gonna again keep to a practical length. I am planning on keeping it to a practical length. I want to shoot for... I will go till seven feet or until I run out of yarn because I basically have just half skines of the wine and the eggplant, but I didn't have any rust so I picked up this lovely carrot. So, as soon as I run out of one color and I get to the point that I need it again, I'll just cast off. Mm-hmm. You kind of compared the colors because I, I'm trying to picture the original and... I'm wondering how well that
1: carrot's going to be as a rust. I'm picturing, I guess I pictured something that was a bit more reddish for Perhaps.
0: Rust. I've got, and I'll take a picture of these colors together as well, it's going to be brighter okay. than the original scarf. The dark orchid is a very eggplant, very intensely purple color, and this is, it's a dark orange, but it is still very Orange. I do like the wine. Yes. Yeah, the wine, uh, burgundy, maroon looks really good. So the nice thing about I think that scarf is it's a, a
1: deep cover of nerdness. I mean, you yes. know, it's you know, you're wearing a you know the other the the other Tom Baker scarf, and you know, you just those colors are so iconic that you see that and you're like, oh yeah, if you have any knowledge of classic Doctor Who, you recognize it. Mm-hmm. That one. It's a bit deeper. It wasn't used as much, and it was like, oh, yeah, okay. It
0: was used...
1: So for... someone who recognizes that is like, okay, you, yes, you're yeah. of our tribe.
0: Yeah, it was only used during his last mm-hmm. season. And the stories in that season ugh, leave something to be desired. <laughs> but anyway, while I was at... Yeah, the only one I can picture of was Leisure Hive, which was interesting. Yeah. There are photographs online, uh, of course. But no, that was the e-space season. Okay. where right, with Romano and... Yeah, where Romano leaves, you get Ardrick <laughs> and Tegan and... Um, Nyssa? Yes, Nyssa, thank you. Nyssa in the, the last series. No, second to last series. Then right after that, Tom Baker leaves mm-hmm. and Anthony Einley takes over as the master. Mm-hmm. And when I was at the yarn store... I also picked up a green and white Team Spirit. Mm-hmm. Can't really call it variegated, if only because the blocks of color are just so long mm-hmm. on here. And I'm just going to knit a MSU style scarf, which I've already started on. And I'm doing it in a knit one, purl one ribbing because I like the way that feels. I kind of goofed up, and so I have a decorative edge, mm-hmm. I had forgotten how to purl, and instead I ended up knitting in the back loop instead. So, I've got that nice edge like that instead. When you knit, mm-hmm. which hand is holding your working yarn? I have to think about this. So,
1: work is on here. I'm, oh, okay. See. So, holding your piece, so I'm doing this. I put it like in that, and yeah, I'd have it in this hand. So,
0: your right hand. yes. You would have it on your right hand. Yep. Okay, the same side right. as you're then finished. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I do it backwards. I learned on YouTube, and they kind of said on YouTube, even if you're left-handed, it doesn't matter with knitting, that you end up using both hands. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it, to me, it just feels more comfortable, and I can control the tension better, like well, keeping it in my well, left
1: hand. Because there are the two styles. There's the English method and the Continental method. And it seems to be mostly about which hand you hold the yarn in that's feeding Mm -hmm. into it because you know you loop it around the fingers and it's all about tension and you know and also when I was taught knitting they said you know I think they taught us the English method and they said pretty much it comes down to however it works for you you know yes you learn a proper method so you can become faster with it in time because these are things you learn and as you get practice, it's going to go faster and be better. And if you have some bad habits, then you kind of have to try and unlearn them. But I seem to knit fast enough for myself, so it's working.
0: Yeah. I mean, I knit at a comfortable pace. Do I wish I were faster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And I know that I crochet much more quickly than I do knit. Mm-hmm. And I can crochet much bigger. You've got these Afghans mm-hmm. here in the studio. And those are all crocheted. Once you get started and working on those, you know you just blow through those quickly. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how long, and I'd have to have just these massive circular needles to be able to knit a, an afghan. It's.
1: The thing I've seen this is practical. where I, you knit smaller squares and then put them together. I know um, I uh, helped with a baby blanket where they had all the people who knew. The couple who knew how to knit each did two squares and then they're all joined together.
0: And that was kind of a cool idea. I haven't done joining of knit work or interlock. I, I think it's the, the technique is called. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I've done granny squares in crochet and I can crochet things together dead easily. And I've made granny square pot holders, made granny square placemats. I understand the technique and mm-hmm. have done in addition to squares triangles, hexagons, and circles, I find that it works. I learned how to make granny squares. I'm like, okay, let me try it as a triangle, as a pentagon, as a hexagon. Mm. The triangle and the pentagon don't lay flat. Mm. The math doesn't work right with those, but it works with a square or a hexagon. And with a little tweaking on the hexagon setup, it's very easy to turn that into a circle, and so I've got these. Circuits. So, if you make the hexagons, can you join, can you join the hexagons
1: together? So then, you know, connect them all into a kind of field of hexagons. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, oh, I haven't done that, but yeah, I'm picturing a settlers of Catan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see a, a settlers of Catan inspired Afghan. Absolutely. Yeah. You Insert your wood for sheep joke here. <laughs> yeah, I, I have wood for your sheep, yeah. Cards Against Humanity wasn't the first dirty game. Settlers of Catan was. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it goes back further than that. Oh, probably. All right. You have... We've got some time left Mm -hmm. here. Anything on your crafty front? Oh, except uh, I need to get my ass in
1: gear and do it. Um, I need to open that bag that has my... I think... Am I at the halfway point? two-thirds? I was somewhere in it. I'm at least a third. I can't remember if I got to the halfway point for my scarf, uh, the season 13 Tom Baker. I need to either repair the needles, buy new needles, get it onto that, see how much damage I've done to it by, like, ignoring it. (laughs) So I need to delve into that bag at some point this week and get back to where I was and then continue on. Because I think this is the second, or maybe this is the third winter, because I started it and said I'm going to have this for next fall. And then that fall went by. I think there was another fall. So this might be the third fall. Saying, I'm going to have this for winter. And it's like, not there yet. Maybe it's number two. I don't, I don't think three years went by yet. Oh, gosh. We'll see. <laughs> You're
0: like, okay. Who was president when I started working on this? At least that I know. It was in the Obama administration. That means it's been within the last seven years, so, right. yeah. So the key is to get it done by the end of the Obama administration. Um, well, you have until January 15th, 2017. I need that much time.
1: But no, that's my goal, is just to get back into that. Other craft-wise, I think that's, I need to focus on that project. I think that's the major, at least yarn craft. There's lots of other fiddly bits, nothing that's actually fabric crafting, though, but I need to, that, that's what I need to do, is finish that scarf.
0: Okay. Well, looking forward, keep you updated on my projects, I've got another crochet thing that I found that I'm not sure when I'm gonna continue working on it. Mm-hmm. It was originally supposed to be a baby blanket. That baby is now three years old. <laughs> so yeah. One of See, my at least co- in
1: my delay, all that's happening is I'm doing without a scarf. You have a
0: cold baby. <laughs> well, one of my cousins is getting married. Next year, so who knows? Maybe I'll be able to give it to her.
1: Well, that is the other thing I do want to try is um, to actually sit down and attempt the crocheting again, just to make sure that is. Am I really hopeless at it, or maybe enough times past I've given another attempt?
0: Maybe on another episode, I'll sit down and teach you granny squares because another advantage of the granny squares is when you start grannies. You do a small chain and then connect the chain to itself Mm -hmm. so you've got a circle. And then you just work inside that circle Mm -hmm. to start. So you don't have to worry about getting where in that chain do I hit it. That'll be a
1: fun episode. There'll probably be lots of swearing.
0: There will, in addition to the grinding squares and the crochet hooks and the yarn, I will spring for a bottle of red wine (laughs) for that episode as well. A nice... Michigan. I'm thinking Leelanau Cellars Naughty Red. Oh. I like that because I'm a fan of dry red wines. That, that's what I prefer. What did
1: I just try last night? Oh, Roscato? bought it at Kroger's. It was on sale. It's a red, it's sweet, and slightly sparkling.
0: Like a little fizzy. Okay. And it's like, oh, it was very nice. I have found too many reds that describe themselves as sweet or semi-sweet end up tasting like grape juice mm-hmm. to me. Which would work for me because, yeah, that's my flavor profile.
1: <laughs> Cloyingly sweet. It's like, you can't have, it can't be too sweet.
0: Yeah, it, okay. <laughs> I'll have the dry red wine. You can have some Welches, Moscato or anything. Oh, There's some, some classy sweet wines, some dessert wines, some nice ice wines. You can be classy with them. A nice blueberry wine <laughs> that's 15% alcohol, but you'd never notice it. <laughs> We have run out of time again. Please send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us. We are at harryprone Our theme music is Hotspot by Ox used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. We are your hosts. I am Sir Arcane. I am Lansing Mike. Wishing you peace, love and perversion. Good night. Good night.